0: What would be the song that would absolutely get you pumped up before a game? Like the absolute locker room anthem. That's gonna be one of the topics we're gonna touch on. We're also gonna have a bit of trivia as well. Like, get a pen and paper right now. Could you write down the NHL teams that have never won a Stanley Cup? See if you can do it, we'll give you the answer. As uh, we go through this podcast, we're also talking Leafs, of course, my lovely team. And we're talking Bruins and also a little mention of the Simpsons. That's all to come on NHL fans from afar. Welcome back for another juicy episode. Another another week of the NHL and there are now no teams that have been undefeated, but some pretty impressive um, stats. The fact that right now, as we record this podcast, uh, Edmonton Oilers are top of the league with Colorado Avalanches and Buffalo chasing behind. Pretty impressive um, and uh, so much for us to talk about. In fact, lots of different things for us to bounce around, including things to do with uh, a Rolex, uh, free meals for a year uh, and a bit of music, as I mentioned in my intro. But first, let me bring in our guests who we have this week. Um, we have James, who has already been on this season, um, a, a last minute standing who's jumped up to the game. Uh, James, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Uh, Glad to be back on.
0: Cool. So we just have to remind people, you are technically a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, right? I am indeed. But you have leanings to other teams too?
1: Yes, uh, particularly the Arizona Coyotes and somewhat the Ottawa centres more on a uh, writing perspective though.
0: Okay, I've got uh, Arizona Coyotes in my list of uh, little trivia things to come up with later. So not putting you any under pressure, but uh, I wonder whether you'll be able to answer this little bit of trivia that I have. Um, I'll hold you to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a perfect time, as uh, as I am also a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, uh, to invite uh, a team, a fan of the rival team, like the fan who is the only one who wants to admit that listens to this podcast and happens to be a Bruins fan, so basically gets sent all of our abuse. Um, but it's lovely that he's still willing to talk to us. We once called him at 3am uh, to congratulate him on getting through to the second round of the playoffs. So maybe maybe we made some amends with you, Ross, by uh, being the bigger, better people, would you say? Or do you still want to rub that in our face?
2: Uh, yeah, I sort of rub it in your face. Maybe same time <laughs> next year.
0: <laughs> no, but <laughs> I mean, what a week it is to talk to you because... On Saturday, um, this isn't necessarily a podcast that is just all about the Leafs, by the way. This is a podcast which celebrates all the NHL teams. But on Saturday, there was an unbelievable game between Toronto Maple Leafs and the Bruins. Um, and I can only say the word unbelievable because we won for once in our <laughs> lives. But it was one of the best games I've ever watched and I had to pinch myself and think hang on a sec is this October or is this April or May do you know what I mean I, did you enjoy it as a Bruins fan as much as I enjoyed it as a Leafs fan
2: uh yeah definitely uh, although we lost in overtime it was a great game um, a game that has 75 shots between the two teams always going to be
1: a good game
0: <laughs> yeah I mean did you watch it James did you watch it live or did you do it in the morning
1: uh, unfortunately, I missed this game. Uh, I've been uh, bedridden this past week. This <gasps>
0: so. one you've got to go back on watch. Oh, my goodness. Really?
1: I have seen uh, a couple of highlights, but uh, unfortunately, my head's been a bit too hazy this week. So,
0: <laughs> Well, good, the good thing for you is that we're recording this podcast on Tuesday evening. And of course, the Leafs and Bruins meet tonight. So, maybe you'll get to watch the highlights tomorrow, do you reckon? Or are you going to oh, watch yeah, the whole game?
1: Sure. Uh, I definitely won't be able to watch the game, but uh, I'll definitely be catching the highlights in the morning. And uh, I hope Michael Hutchinson has a good game.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, actually, because um, tonight, I think Rask, uh, Tuka Rask is going to play his 500th NHL game. That's a lot of games, isn't it? I For saw, a goalie.
1: Um, a stat the other day. Uh, I think it was Tukarask is now like has the highest number of wins or appearances of any goaltender drafted by the Leafs.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think it was wins. Ross Ross happened to tweet that to us, which unfortunately I had to read out on last week's episode, which was painful. <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding us of that, James.
1: Yeah, it's sad times for it me is. included, of course.
0: Do you know? I just want to kind of recap. With both of you. like I was thinking this week that the routines that we kind of have, like pre and post game rituals that we have as fans, like one of the things that I love to do, um, I'll listen to Hockey Central, um, the podcast, before a really big game. So I can kind of get up to speed with who's injured, you know, what's happening with my team, what's been happening around the league. Um, and then I'll try on, on the day of the game to watch the morning skate, like kind of just the, the raw interviews. You can watch it on YouTube. Then I'll watch the game. And then afterwards, the first thing I'll do is I'll go and find the Leafs Nation podcast. And I'll go and listen to that because it includes all the post game interviews and all the analysis. Um, and it like it's kind of become a habit, but then it also becomes unmanageable because that's quite a lot of hours of your time that you need to dedicate for just one game. So when you have four games in a week, it's like, geez, I haven't got time to do anything else. But I'm intrigued, really. I mean, I mean James, do you kind of have a similar thing? I guess because we support the same team, you must be looking at similar resources to me.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, one of my favourite... Um podcast to listen to is the Steve Dangle podcast I listen to that religiously yeah um, just because I like getting a mixture of a fan's opinion as well as like someone that's in the media side of things um my pre-game ritual is uh stressing about how the Leafs are gonna somehow lose to teams like Ottawa (laughs) um (laughs) so I tend to uh go in with low expectations and now it's become a habit where I'm. I can't really watch games with my friend because every time I do, the Leafs lose.
0: Oh, right. So there's some kind of weird superstition.
1: Oh, it's uh, it's kind of become like true. Every single game I've watched with him, the Leafs have lost. So.
0: God. Okay. Well, what what's yours? What's your deal, Ross? How do you? Um, do it?
1: Similar, really.
2: Uh, I've, on UK time, i take taking the podcast during the day, and that. Um, I try and watch most of the games in full, but not necessarily at the time so depending on who it is and what my work schedule is, I'll have a pre-game nap and get up and watch the game live or potentially watch a period or two and then watch the following period in the morning. Um, Yeah,
0: I do that too, if I can try and keep my eyes open until like the end of the first period, that's good going
2: Yeah, um, if I don't watch the game live, then I'll, I'll stay off social media for the day and try and get home and watch the game without knowing the score um, just because I don't like watching the game if I know what's already happened the highlights are okay but I'd like to watch the full game to get uh, yeah. there
0: are ways the um, things that you kind of miss out when you watch highlights That that's one of the, the downsides like um, this morning when I woke up and, and saw I ended up just uh, I, I watched the first period of the Columbus Toronto game last night um, and it wasn't all complete disaster. I was like, OK, two apiece at the end of the first. I'll take that. Um, went to sleep and then didn't have time to watch the second or third period to so watch the highlights. And, and and you don't really kind of get always a sense of everything. And when I went to go and listen to like um, the podcast Leafs Nation, after watching the highlights there, they were kind of picking up all the, the difficulties of the officiating and uh, the change of calls on some of the penalties that um, had been called as well. Um, and you don't really get the sense of all that stuff when you do the highlights, do you? So it's like, you, uh. you sometimes I kind of think you either have to go all in or not at all. It's hard yeah, to work. because
2: you get a, a true feel for how the team's playing. They might win in overtime and have a really poor game um, or quite the opposite, losing over time and had a pretty good, solid game, to be fair. Yeah. Um, also, keeping up with players, how they're getting on. Um, yeah, I prefer to watch the full games if I can. Um, the, thing,
0: the thing is, like, a score in this game never tells you the full picture. Oh, because no. the score could be, like, I don't know, 7-2 or something. And you think, oh, my God, they were absolutely destroyed but then when you kind of pick it apart well actually they might have held their own on the first and second and then put the backup goalie in and then it fell apart in the third mm. so it's it's, kind of, it's it's a weird game isn't it to kind of to kind of suss out really and and I was thinking early this week of how daunting it all was when I when I first started watching the game um you know cuz this podcast is primarily for fans really you know we're not kind of here to pick apart and analyse every word and every play and every puck and every call with people who are just passionate about a sport. And I was thinking the other day um, when I was listening to Mike Babcock do the post-game interview after the Boston game, and honestly, I was thinking, I'm so glad that I know this team and I know this sport because if I was just starting out now, I'd just be thinking, you're talking Japanese, mate. (laughs) I have no idea what you're on about. Just even like all the little nicknames that they have for each other. Um, I was just thinking, Matty and Willie and Shawsy, and like it was honestly, it was just so confusing. Um, but it's just a lot to get your head round, and I just had one of those moments. Like, God, this is a mad sport.
2: Yeah, and especially depending how hard you want to go with it, there's so much content for your team. Like every team has so much content; it's unreal.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I promised that there was going to be a bit of trivia in this uh, podcast and the trivia is can you name uh, the 10 teams currently in the NHL who have never won a Stanley Cup as of last year it was 11 and it's now 10 so you can guess that um, St. Louis Blues obviously kind of killed off their longest drought which now means that the Toronto Maple Leafs are the team With the longest drought to not have a Stanley Cup. Thanks, St. Louis Blues. (laughs) Um, So I'll reveal the answers. So I'll give you a chance to kind of have a little go at working out who those 10 teams are. But I'm going to test you, um, Ross, okay? Do you know how many cups the Boston Bruins have won? Oh, ever. And and then, James, I'm going to ask you, do you know how many cups Toronto Maple Leafs have one, I do. As the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, I was going to say, because they were at one point called oh, something else. But since 1932.
1: One Oops. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. That's hard. Since
0: 1932.
1: That's harder.
0: Who do you think has more?
1: Oh, uh, for sure it's the Leafs.
0: That is correct. Yeah. So that helps you out, Ross. Stop Googling. I can hear you typing
2: no 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 um i think it's five i think i think yeah i'll go with five i don't think it's as many as i want it to be
0: (laughs) (laughs) and can you remember the last time that the bruins won a cup
2: 2011 i know that one
0: okay yeah you win that you win that it's actually six you got six stanley cups okay got you uh, but some of them were a very long time ago. I mean, you were not even probably a sperm, so I wouldn't worry so much.
2: 2011, I know that was a, there was a quite a wait between the last one and 2011. I, can't, I don't know how long it is, but I know it was a, a fair few years.
0: I wonder where you were going with that after I said the word sperm. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, come on, James, then. put a guess. How many cups of Toronto Maple Leafs had?
1: So the Toronto franchise has 13, as the Leafs, I'm going to go with 9.
0: Oh, uh, I've got 11. So ah. they've been... Yeah, so I don't, I'm i not quite sure at what time they changed to Toronto Maple Leafs, but the first time they won the Cup as Toronto Maple Leafs is in 1932.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they changed to the Leafs in 1927 or 1928, around that time.
0: Oh my God. We have gone so... Geeky. Oh, my God. See, Jolon, if Jolon was here now, who, who, you know, kind of normally co-hosts this with me, he's currently gone travelling. He would be just laughing at us all, geeking out. But this is what I love. A little bit of geeky trivia. Um, trivia
1: is uh, definitely my favourite thing. Uh, the many, many hours I've spent in my uh, younger days browsing Wikipedia.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a rabbit hole. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Let's just stick with stats for the time being, because whilst you're on, Ross, we cannot deny that uh, in the NHL stars this week, the first star went to Bruins' uh, David Pasternak. Um, an incredible week for him. You know, in three games, he got 9 points, 7 goals. He got his fifth career hat-trick. Um And, I mean, he was instrumental in getting the Bruins through to overtime in that game on Saturday as well because he just had this almighty one-timer with five minutes left to bring it three apiece. Um, The guy's on fire.
2: He is. And he is only 23 as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and, um, you pointed out something on social media to me about this video of him and William Nylander, who, of course, I hadn't realised the connection... Um, that William Nylander changed his number this year mm-hmm. from 20, 29, was it? 29? T- anyway, he's 88 now. And I forgot, of course, that Pasternak is also 88. So it's uh, the battle of the 88s whenever we play.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, the, I know they didn't have much going on with the, in, during the playoffs, but um, <laughs> it was quite interesting to see him out. I think that must have been shot today, yesterday. Um, but no, it was good to see Um.
0: because they were i think they shot that over summer because um it was in stockholm they shot it over in sweden and um they're both wearing like it looked like matching suits and they were talking about how they hadn't had much time to golf um and how boring golf is uh which did make me chuckle actually that was that was quite cute um but yeah, I mean, in terms of like the Bruins team, let's just kind of recap with this. I, I've kind of pointed out the Bruins for me, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say, as a team that, you know, have kind of got this window where you've got a very solid core that's been together for a long time. You were, you got so close, you know, to biting the cup last year that surely this year is, is going to be your year, right? I mean I hope so do you feel confident of that
2: Um, if we can stay healthy I'd expect another deep run yeah Um, but that is the key point we've got an ageing core Um, we've already lost David Crazier he got placed on the IR today Um, I don't think it's long term but still it all adds up Um, Chara's 42 I think he is 42 Mm. Um, yeah we've had a fairly decent start but the power play is kind of masking how we are playing. Um, we, well, I am not say we're lacking secondary scoring, but it's certainly an issue at the minute where most of the goals are either coming on the power play or coming from the top line. Um, Bergeron, Marshon and Pasternak. Um, they've scored, I was looking earlier, they've scored 22 goals um, this season and only 12 of them have been five on five.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, I'm not worried, but I, I just want to see them get going a bit more. Um, yeah, and Obviously, having the top line as it is um, certainly helps, especially when you need, like you said, Saturday night, the, it was pretty much the top line that got the equaliser, um, really dug deep and took it to with time. So if we can carry on doing that, it's okay.
0: Well, you're certainly firing at the shots. I mean, Toronto were outshot 46-29. to 29. Um, So, you, you know, I should say that the top line is, is lethal.
2: Yeah, it's, when it clicks, it, it really does get going. Um, and obviously, they're all in the top power play unit as well, with Tory Krug, the D-man that's kind of like the quarterback as such. Um, the power play is, I think it's second behind Edmonton at the minute. So anything second of Edmonton is going to be good this season by the sound of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and actually, it was one of the things that, oh, it just... It, it, it... You know that the Toronto Maple Leafs nearly cost their game on Saturday, their second period. Where they're well, I've just decided to look at this with a positive light and think of it as an opportunity for our penalty killing team instead of thinking, for God's sake, giving up penalties to the team who are the second in the league for power play, what are you doing? Um, but it was an opportunity for our penalty uh, killing team to shine, and actually, they they did do quite well yeah, uh, definitely. I was pleasantly impressed
2: um, Bruins power play was pretty hot for the majority of last season as well to be fair so yeah. it's kind of just carrying on as it was
0: so that's one of the things to, to watch out for you certainly in the regular season I guess yeah um, one to watch um, what about uh, you know in terms of the Atlantic division people are wondering whether it's just going to fall as the same pattern as the season just gone like Tampa number one Boston number two Toronto number three I mean do you think that's likely or do you think Bruins uh, could have a chance of finish at the top this year
2: um, health permitting I think they'll be there or thereabouts um, Maple Leafs obviously haven't started on all cylinders, but they they are very strong and their team's very deep as well. So I can't imagine them hanging around much longer before they really start clicking. Mm. Um, We played them the other night. Again, it was a close game, um, similar to the Maple Leafs game. Uh, Yeah, Maple Leafs game, really. Um, Yeah, I'd like to see us definitely fighting out for the top spot, definitely. Uh, But then look at Buffalo. They've started ridiculous as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've been there and seen that before, haven't we? Oh, well, um, yeah, that's true. So we don't know how long that will last. Um, James, what what have you been kind of uh, most... that's kind of surprised you over the past couple of weeks? Has there been any kind of games that have kind of stuck out in your mind or little, little quirks that you want to point out?
1: Um, not individual games as such, but, I mean, just to see Edmonton doing as well as they are um, is a real surprise. Very little about that team has really changed Mm -hmm. and they're just suddenly, it's as if everything's suddenly clicked with them. Uh, The Lucic James Neal trade is working absolute wonders for Edmonton. I mean, they can't be happier than the return they got for that. I mean, Neal has already eclipsed the same number of goals that he scored last season already. Um, And, I mean, if he continues, then this team will be in the playoffs after so many years of everyone just saying, oh, same old Oilers, can't figure it out.
0: Yeah, the one that confused me, actually, was their game on uh, Saturday, Sunday, I forget which day it was, against the Winnipeg Jets, and it ended up going to a shootout, and it was only 1-0. Um, to the Jets, the Jets stuck it in a shootout, or you know, and Oilers didn't score, and and the shots on goal were really they were quite low actually for a game that went the full length, like twenty eight shots on goal, twenty three shots on goal. I don't know what happened on that one. It's kind of one that I had a bit of a question mark next to. Um, I didn't get a chance to kind of catch the highlights, but I suppose that's the way it goes with these games when you've got uh, a run of games. Some of them end up a bit weird.
1: Yeah, that was uh, quite a surprise, um, considering like the goal-scoring talent on both teams. There, Um, Mm. yeah, it's odd to see such a low-scoring game um, unless it's Arizona.
0: Well, talking of low-scoring games, one of the things that also surprised me. um, Hang on, today's Tuesday. Last night, Avalanche, um, their their streak came to an end. their first regulation loss of the season basically against St. Louis Blues. Um the score ended up 3-1 to Blues. Avalanche um, have had a, a, a real run on the road. They've spent two weeks doing all their games on the road. Um, 18 shots on goal, which, um, you know, Nathan McKinnon at the moment is the fifth player in the NHL to record a season opening streak of nine plus games in um, consecutive seasons. Um, so it's like, what, 18 shots on goal? What? What on earth happened in that? Haven't, haven't haven't watched the highlights, but you know, it's kind of one of those weird quirks, isn't it? Even the Colorado Avalanche with someone like Nathan McKinnon only had 18 shots on goal. I wonder what was going on. I wonder who was in net for the Blues that game. Yeah, that
1: is um, quite a surprise. To see a game where a team has less than 20 shots is, uh, is very rare in today's NHL. And, I mean, McKinnon got, got the goal. Uh, that avalanche had um but only had two shots himself in that game mm. i mean other players in that game were completely like shut out in terms of shots gabriel landeskog didn't have a shot in that game uh nazem kadri had 3 and tyson just had 4 but other than that they were they were held by the stanley cup champions in quite a uh humbling way i'd say
0: But it's interesting that, you know, St. Louis Blues this week were a team that Don Cherry brought up on Coach's Corner of Hockey Night in Canada. um, And his statement was that you know, they can't play like they did in the playoffs. Uh, They've got poor power play. They're not blocking shots. And how much they really needed that win against the Colorado Avalanches to bolster some confidence, really. Um, Alex Petrangelo coming out and kind of saying it was one of the best games of the year um, and something was finally clicking. So um, maybe they need to stop the partying and concentrate on the the power play and... uh, perhaps that's what they did last night, but even then, twenty-five shots on goal for them—it's not really much of a bomb bomb buster. What's the phrase? Bomb, burster? bomb buster. Bomb burner. Is it? Bomb burner. There you go. Yeah. God, I need to stop putting pointless <laughs> cliches in. <laughs>
2: did you catch the Calgary Kings game? I think it was Saturday.
0: No, but that—that that was. Um, did they? Did they just lose epically, or did they come from behind? I Can't remember.
2: Um, I think the Kings came from behind. It was the, it was a bit of fiery to say the least, I think, with uh Drew Doughty and uh, I think it was Matthew Tuchuk, T- is it Tuchuk? Ah, uh,
0: uh Tuchuk, yes, yes,
2: yeah. Um, yes. yeah. That, uh, seems to continue to
1: heat up.
0: I think got history, these two, then,
1: uh, yeah, season... it's going back <laughs> for Go sure. On, this it. season, for sure, things have stepped up between those two. Um, the jabs in the media comments and then the feistiness on the ice is, uh, it's certainly growing. Uh, The Kings won that game 4-1. Flames didn't get a goal until the third period. So the Kings were fully in control there, but Kachuk and uh, Doughty just keep going at it in every opportunity they get at the moment.
0: But why? Where has this come from?
1: I think um, Doughty talked about respecting... Um, a team of like the king's quality, uh, because he's won a Norris before, and then Kachuk says that he respects Giordano because Giordano won the Norris last year. Last year. So uh, it's kind of stemmed from some personal jibes that have happened.
2: I seem to remember there was an I'm sure it was an elbow sometime towards the end of last season. I think Tuchuk, um got a high hit on Doughty. I'm sure it's something to like do that, and then it's just escalated, especially in the media,
1: and that. Mm. certainly wouldn't surprise me with Kachaki as a feisty little player
0: yeah wow so that all kind of happened I mean I'm amazed that it it took a while to get going until till they actually started uh, pushing each other about in the third period so amazing mm. right if anyone's listening and they know the exact reason of where that began then please tweet us at NHL fans from afar um whatever whatever gossip or tip bits that you may know um What else have we got on the list? Did you see that um, uh, Gritty uh, was (laughs) in The Simpsons, um, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot? He wasn't orange, he was actually purple, but it shows a a picture of him on the phone. um, And yeah, he is uh, purple. So there we go, NHL mascots making The Simpsons. That's when you know you've made it, you know?
2: Gritty is something special.
0: He is. I mean, I know that you've got a bear as your mascot, Ross, but everybody wants a Gritty, don't they?
2: I think so. I'm still Actually... not quite over the gif when it was the um, outdoor game
1: where he streaked. Oh, and the security guards are chasing Yeah, <laughs> Childish, but it made me laugh far more than it should have.
0: Aww.
1: I mean, like, when Gritty was unveiled to the public, everyone was like, what is that? But I have to say, the Philadelphia Flyers, whoever orchestrated the sort of character that Gritty is, man, they've got it so right.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: that is marketing wizardry.
0: They have, haven't they? So one of the things I must... Um, actually just? I should have done this at the start before we mentioned Saturday's game but uh, one of our listeners is called Jeff and he is currently on tour on holiday in North America and uh, he's an NHL fan um, and he's going off and seeing a variety of different NHL games I'm not quite sure who his team is I think he's a Leafs fan but I don't want to put a label on him and just assume that everybody supports the <laughs> same team as me Um, However, he's been off and seen some games and I've asked him to send a postcard from Toronto. Um, So he actually sent me like a little report and um, he was at that game on Saturday. He was actually in the Scotiabank Arena getting to watch the game. And so he sent this little report. Uh, Let me just play it for you.
3: Hi. I'm Jeff, and when I tweeted Claire to say that I was on, going on holiday and managing to fit in a few hockey games, she asked me to do a little audio diary, so here we go. So far I've been able to go to Madison Square Garden see the Rangers, lose, go to see the Devils, throw away a 4-1 lead, and then on Wednesday night I got to see the Leafs for the first time against the Capitals, and unfortunately that didn't go right. But now here I am, I'm standing outside Scotiabank Arena right next to Union Station. You'll know the shot if you've watched Hockey Night in Canada enough times. And well, the Bruins are in town and I'm about to go inside and that's really exciting. So, off we go. So the seats are starting to fill up. I've got mine halfway up in the upper tier near Centre so I hate to think how much loads are closer, or closer or down the page for tonight, but let's see what the least are doing. Well, it was great to see the Leafs for the first time at Scotiabank Arena. A real treat to be here on a Saturday night for an overtime win over the Bruins. I might just have to come back on Monday night now.
0: (laughs) And I don't know if he actually uh, ever went back uh, to watch the game last night against Columbus Blue Jackets. Hopefully... He didn't because that didn't go the way. If he is a Leafs fan, I'm not quite sure. But it kind of takes you back, doesn't it? It's nice that you managed to include uh, the uh, goal track as well. That's always, uh, that's always cool. But, uh, I mean, James, have you been to see a few games at, uh, I don't know whether you've been to Scotiabank or back when it was Air Canada Centre? That's, that's the last time I went.
1: Unfortunately, I've actually never been to North America. Um,
0: wow, so really?
1: All, all of the games that I've watched, unfortunately, have been on TV.
0: No way!
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's certainly a dream of mine to go there, uh, go to the Skosh and see the Leafs. But, um, yeah, I've just never had the opportunity uh, as yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I went and... um... You know, like all the, obviously the bits they don't really show on telly because they're in the studio doing the analysis, aren't they? Just the boring bits that they do at the start. And um, there was basically a ton of old people on the ice and they were probably all really important Leaf players from the history, but I had no idea who they were talking about or talking to. And I was like, God, can we just get on the game? But just seeing like the, the lights and like the laser show and stuff that they do when the players are coming on the ice is so different to being like watching it on tv it's hard to kind of describe it's like the best music concert i guess that you've ever seen but it's all happening all around you um without so many women screaming um yeah it just i thought i thought it was mad i mean ross you've you've been to watch a couple of games haven't you i'm sure yeah. that you've told us before
2: um I'll be, i'm going back next month um over Thanksgiving. I've got four games while I'm out there, so that's pretty good.
0: Wow, who who are they playing?
2: Uh we've got New York Rangers. Um that's the Thanksgiving showdown special or whatever they call it. Mm. Um Montreal Canadiens. Um Buffalo Sabres, I believe. And I can't remember the fourth game. Um I should do it's costing enough. Um I can't remember the fourth, but yeah, um, so four games while we're out there. Wow. Um, this will be my third time in Boston. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it is a proper event when you're there. It's not just the hockey. There's so much going on in between the breaks, um, period breaks. Um, even even the TV commercials, there's stuff going on all around Arena.
0: Mm.
2: Um, but it is yeah. a proper experience.
0: It's a different, different kind of perspective, isn't it? We'll have to crowdfund for you, James. <laughs> like the uh the get James to Toronto, but that's because you're a teacher. Does that not make it really hard for you to get time off to go and see a game?
1: Uh, it is a challenge. Um, but um, apart up until about eighteen months ago, I was actually living in China, so it made it even more difficult.
0: What? Hang on how how did you cope watching games when you lived in China?
1: Actually, it's easier to watch games in China because I'd wake up at seven a.m. and the Leafs would be dropping the puck there and then so it'd be great
0: oh my life yeah I suppose so and probably you don't have to worry about various blackouts and things like that right
1: no everything was streamed because you know there's no copyright laws in China so it's great
0: (laughs) oh my god okay so what else have we been talking about music I said at the start of this podcast what music would get you pumped up um if uh, you were in the locker room and it was before a big game. um, uh, The reason I say this is because uh, the really awesome Kat Silverman, um, who writes for the Arizona Coyotes, um, wrote this piece for The Athletic this week, and she had been and asked a bunch of the players um, what their favourite, like, pump-up song was. In fact, she even made a Spotify playlist Um, I asked uh, a couple of you what you thought and what would be on your list. Uh, The cheesiest answer was from Andy, who came back and said Heather Small. Um, Oh, which track was it? What are you? What are you? I could sing it to you, but I can't afford the copyright. (laughs) Oh, what is it? What is it? Where's all the notifications? Is it cheesy today? What have you done today by Heather Small? That's it. It's all going to be stuck in your head. It is very, very cheesy. Um, what would your guys what would your song be? Oh, well. I go share mine, I'll give you a chance to think. But mine mine is always Boston more than a feeling. I don't really? know what it is about that song, but I just love the guitar solo and um and I dunno, it's just it's a proper good sing along. Like you wanna get the hairbrush out and like turn it up to eleven, uh, you know, if you're a fan of spinal tap. But Great just story. yeah, I don't know, I just really like it. It just works for me. But what why? What would yours be?
1: Um so if I was going to go into like a game and I wanted to hype myself up, I would definitely have to listen to Down with the Sickness by Disturbed.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Just the uh, <laughs> just that build up, it really like just gets your heart rate going and you just feel so energized when it kicks in and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take anything on.
0: Yeah. Oh, basically. Um, I suppose it does depend who you're playing, because actually, if I was going to play the Philadelphia Flyers or Boston Bruins, you might actually be better to put someone like Slipknot. Um, <laughs> let's face it. Really, or the anti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Brad Marchand, get the Slipknot on, boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? What would yours be, Ross?
2: Um, it's hard. Uh, I'm going to go Muse, Knight of Cydinia, is it?
1: Oh, that's a good song.
0: It's
2: the intro. It builds you, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, Great music video
2: as
1: well, actually. Mm.
0: See, James, do you know what was on the Arizona Coyotes' locker room playlist?
1: Actually, I haven't had a chance to read it. Um, I did see Kat post it on Twitter, but I haven't actually been able to look into it.
0: Okay, well, I'll give you a couple of the highlights of it. Um, There are the, the things that you would expect, like Drake. Eminem. I get it the boys those kind of guys love rap don't they then there's some weird stuff like uh uh Rolling Stones is on it okay kind of get it Elton that's
1: John Ireland that said uh, Rolling Stones
0: yeah Elton John rocket man I'm like what oh wow. are you kidding me and then just to completely like like sideball the curve you George Michael careless Whisper why would anybody oh. listen to that before an NHL game?
1: What a selection that is, wow.
0: Honestly, I mean, she shared it. You have to be a subscriber to The Athletic to see the actual full post. Um, but she uh, she shared it and she put a Spotify playlist at the bottom and I just looked at it thinking, that is the worst combination of songs for a playlist I've ever seen. Hardly like, a no hype DJ. Hey?
2: Hardly a hype train.
0: No. Careless Whisper? What? And they were they were years ago they were taking the mick out of goalies wearing masks because it made them look like they weren't scary enough. I mean, what? Who listens to careless whisper? I don't get it. So um yeah, I, down with the sickness, I could probably <laughs> I could see that. I could see that happening.
1: Oh yeah. I, I mean, done. you just got to get something really energetic and angry if you want to play a team like Boston.
0: Exactly, that's why I'm like slipknot.
1: Did
2: any of you see um, New Jersey's Kids' Day when they um, introduced the players onto the ice with drawings of each player that the kids have done? No, were they really,
0: uh, really cringy?
2: Yeah, it was very amusing. Um, nice little take though, um, but it's worth having a look up. I saw I
0: that. Feel... Some of
1: them were quite cute actually.
0: Every week we hear about a cringy moment of of the week um on this podcast and and like maybe that could be this week's cringy moment like were they were they just basically scribble and then they had to pretend that looks lovely
2: um yeah i think yeah they weren't they were kids drawings put it that way
0: okay we'll have to find it on twitter and we'll share it on our twitter account and our slack account um i haven't seen them i don't know how i missed that um other things that happened: Jack Hughes finally got his first NHL goal uh, with the new Jersey Devils, or the as I renamed them last week, New York Devils. Um, brand new team, guys. The thirty uh, third team to the NHL. Anyway, I thought it was cool that he got his first um, his first goal uh, against his brother's team. Um, Quinn Hughes of Vancouver Canucks. Actually, I what well, I didn't get chance to see on the team sheet to see whether Quinn Hughes was even on the ice at the time of the goal. I, I didn't get chance to look that up. I don't know if either of you two or even if he was playing actually. Uh,
1: I mean, he was playing. I definitely saw like those two. There's a picture of those two talking on the ice. Um, because what is it? I think Quinn does Quinn wear 43 and Jack wears um. 86, so it's like doubles and halves of each other's numbers and whatever, but I'm not sure if Quinn was on the ice when his brother scored. No, I didn't
2: say if he was.
0: There's something about numbers, isn't there? I'm always intrigued by how a player chooses their numbers. Maybe I can put that as a future talking point on this podcast. The weird little stories behind why people play what number. 43 and 86. What I mean, number would
1: you choose then if it, if you were a player? That's 63.
0: A question. <laughs> what would yours be, Ross?
1: 63. Oh, it can't, be for, can't <laughs> be for Boston, though, because surely no. they'll re, re, retire Marshan's number <laughs> at some point. Yeah. No, definitely.
0: I don't um, know. It'd be a bit like saying what's the first... If you had to pick one number that would win you the national lottery, what number would it be? Like... It just feels like plucking a random number out of air for me.
1: For me, um, I, I've always liked 13. It used to be my house number. My favourite American football player, Dan Marino, wore it and my favourite Leafs player when I was young, Matt Sundin wore it. Um, but I played American football and I wore 47, so I wouldn't mind wearing either of those.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think i care. I'd just be like, give me any number.
1: <laughs> Zero.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like when you choose your PIN number for your for your bank card. Not that I'm going to, you know, give away what my PIN number is here, obviously. <laughs> but I think, like, the both the PIN numbers that I have were the ones that I got with my card originally. I never changed them. Not precious like that. Are you meant to? I don't know. Probably.
2: Some people are really funny about their numbers, though.
0: Yeah, I get that. But I mean, I don't even know the full story of why did William Nylander change his number to 88? He wore 88
1: when he was younger and he wears 88 for Sweden, um, Yeah, I guess. I mean, because Willie, Willie has worn like four numbers for the Leafs. He wore 63, then he wore 39, then he wore 29 because it was the opposite of his dad's number, which was 92. And then he went back to 88, which he wore in juniors and for Sweden.
0: It's weird, isn't it? I just thought it was something to do with new year, new start. He had a bit of a crap year last year, let's face it. So we needed to kind of have a fresh start. And if you've got a different number on your back on a, on a different year, a different jersey, it's a clean way to start. That's what I thought, but... Who knows? Who knows? I wonder how the conversation goes. Who do you have to go and ask permission to change your number? Like, do you have to go and talk to Mike Babcock, the coach, or do you have to go and talk to the equipment manager? I wonder what the process is. Well, when Lamarillo
1: was at the Leafs, um, all players had to have smaller numbers. Um, Lamarillo is famous for hating big numbers on his jersey uh, for his players. Um, So, like, the largest number... On the team at the time, I believe, was Martin Marincin with 52.
0: That had to, that was the biggest sized number.
1: Yeah, that was... Um, if you look at the Lamarillo years, that was the largest number um, on the team until I think it was Andreas Borgman played and I think he wore like four, uh, 58 or something like that and that was then the largest number, but he didn't play like a full season.
0: <sighs> I don't even know... I don't even know if I want to ask how you know that. I mean, like, at what point, how did you even get hold of that information?
1: Oh, it's, uh, I listened to it on a podcast that uh, I listened to. Uh, it might have been the Steve Dangle podcast that came up um, when they were talking about that. But as soon as Lamarilla went to the Islanders, he made Josh Hosang change his number to 26 because he was wearing 66 at the time. And Lamarilla was like, nope, that's too, uh, that's too large. Everyone should have small numbers.
0: <laughs> Blooming nightmare for the uh, commentators.
1: Yeah, uh, it, well, you get used to a player wearing a certain number. If they've got to change it, then it probably gets a bit confusing. And some players are like synonymous with certain numbers.
0: God, so basically, you don't want to be on a team where Lula Morello is, because you can't have a beard and you've got to have a small number. So sounds like a barrel of laughs over there, doesn't it? Working for Lula Morello, but mm. hey. What else? Um, Other things that came up. A bit more serious, this one, actually. Um, There's not many times this has happened since testing began in 2005, but um, we saw, I think it's maybe the eighth player um, to be suspended um, for violating performance-enhancing drug tests. Um, Valentin Zykov uh, from Vegas Golden Knights uh, was suspended 20 games without pay. Um, There won't be an appeal, uh, there's a bit of bit of a confusion and mess around this one, really, in that. And originally, um, Zykov denied knowing how this substance got into, uh, you know, in it, you know became a positive uh, test. Um, and then the statement came out from the president of hockey operations of uh, the Knights, where it kind of pretty much said, he knowingly took this substance and had been they knew he had been for four years uh, or it turned out he'd been doing it for four years Um, so that kind of pretty much quashed uh, his chance of an appeal Um, he's come out since and he's apologised and uh, he's taken responsibility uh, for what he puts in his body Um, And and unfortunately for the Knights, it puts them in the the spotlight, really, because this time last year, Nate Schmidt um, received the same penalty, same length of suspension, and he plays with the same team. Uh, Although his situation um, did slightly come off a little bit different the two scenarios are not completely comparable um that he did go through the appeal process and what i thought was interesting with him he kind of was quite outspoken about asking for changes in these drug testing policies um and he kind of stated in his appeal that apparently um uh the substance was the size of a pinch of salt in an olympic sized swimming pool which i I was like wow that's kind of a bit mad to get your head round um so yeah, a bit of a bit of a weird one, um, in this and and I kind of threw this out on our our Slack group. By the way, if you don't know what Slack is and what I'm rabbiting on about, uh, it's just an app which uh, we've created a, a forum specifically for people who love NHL and want to connect with other fans, where we can just post, share videos, links, and things like that. Um, yeah, and I, and I posted this kind of asking for for people's thoughts, really, and whether people think that the testing process should be reformed or actually should players know better. Um, Matts uh, commented on this. He said the, the article that he shared is interesting. The player says, I don't know how it happened. Golden Knights say he knowingly and without consent took a banned substance. Who is lying? That was before uh, Zykov came out and has since apologised. And then Andy's put um, the Players' Association... Uh, also naturally insisting their man is innocent but seems suspicious the team has come out so publicly against him and his locker has been removed, so you think he's finished as a golden knight. I don't think they'd do that unless they were pretty certain he was guilty, or maybe they're more comfortable doing it because they are plenty of alternatives. Schmidt was a bit harder to replace. Um, and it, that, I mean, that, that I suppose comes down to the individual circumstance that Zykov has played for a number of NHL teams. And is this his kind of last chance, really? Um, but I, I do find the process really interesting because, I mean, it sounds like nothing is ever concrete. It's not like we're kind of talking about this guy's been doing cocaine or something like an, an illegal drug. It's these kind of actual performance enhancing and these kind of supplements that people take. And I guess that the team um, uh, medics and stuff will be advising the guys, don't take this, do take this. And if a guy individually goes off and says, oh, actually, I'm going to try this and doesn't get it cleared to the team, that's when they leave themselves open to risk, which sounds like this could be the case. If they're saying it's been four years, perhaps that he's been taking this supplement.
2: Yeah, I think I think part of it has to... Well, mo- a majority of the responsibility lies with the player. They are a professional sports person, so all jobs have their own certain things, where they have to have a DBS check or whatever. I know it's slightly different, but in those situations, you need to know what you're putting in your body, and because it's your job, basically, it could jeopardise mm. your wages, your career, all sorts.
0: Yeah, and the fact that we're only seeing, what, eight people... I think it's eight people in 14 years it does it kind of proves that there's not i mean if we were seeing like a hundred people we'd be like oh is that testing really working that's quite a lot of people that are kind of being flagged up as uh you know some of the supplements are a bit dodgy or how's it working but eight people it kind of feels like it's quite watertight so if how many players are there in the nhl if all the rest of the players in the nhl are going through the testing and not having a problem. Mm. But one is, which is where I kind of think that question of, you know, should there be a change to the testing process is what Nate Schmidt was kind of throwing out last year that he felt um, unfairly penalised by the system.
1: It is also interesting that Vegas has had players in back-to-back seasons caught out by this system.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, and I guess that's why the statement from the president of hockey operations was so damning against... Zykov they had to come out as strong because a lot of people were like mm, something going on at that club it's it's that club's fault something's dodgy there maybe that's why they had to come out and be so outspoken um, and pretty much kind of throw him under the bus really as some people have accused him in saying that he knowingly took this substance um, as if to kind of wash their hands and say look we do our, our procedures properly it's down to him it's nothing to do with us
2: I don't suppose they were both picked up during the um, lottery, was it? You know, when the, each team had to put so many players available for <laughs> the teams getting rid.
0: I don't think so. I think Zykoff was part of a trade um, last year around Christmas time, from what I read. Um, yeah, he came
1: from the Oilers. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about him as a player. I'm not really even hot on all of the nights. He
1: has played no. 47 NHL games in his career to date. Yeah. So it's not exactly like he's a big, significant player um, for the team. Um, played 10 games with them last year, only had, well, he had two goals and that was it. He's got two assists this season in seven games, but it's not like he's, you know, top six forward that's like on big bucks with the team. So, you know, they'll probably just move on from the from him rather than, you know take the heat mm. when he comes back
0: yeah I, I, I mean, i don't know how it kind of even works contract wise so they just kind of um slip him down to the AHL discreetly
1: i guess it would depend um if he's wa- waiver eligible or not um whether or not the team will be able to just reassign him or just place him on waivers
0: yeah i just it, it's it's uh... a It's really interesting to see whether there'll be, over the next uh, week or so, whether there'll be some more opinion pieces that emerge about this subject. You know, when we kind of see the more in-depth stuff that comes out on The Athletic, for instance. Um, It's kind of just... I mean, it's one of those stories that doesn't happen very often. And, of course... We often complain that, particularly over here in the UK, we don't we don't hear very much about ice hockey. It's not something that comes up in the press. But in my Twitter feed this week, The Mail Online um, basically posted the Reuters report. So, even the fact that Reuters, one of the major news agencies, had shared it kind of shows that 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 was the um, traction that it was getting. And that's not really, last week we talked about how can we raise the profile of the NHL on a global scale better. But these just, it's a shame that these kind of incidents are the ones that, you know, kind of resonate across what the news agencies pick up. Especially
2: on the back of all the hype with the. Petr playing in the UK going from football to ice hockey that was picked up all over I got to see I saw that in so many news feeds from our UK um followings rather than all the
1: stuff from the US but then it went viral overseas as well
0: mm. yeah so yeah, that's been
1: that's been great for like yeah. um hockey like uh, public, publicity in this country um check playing that game and You know, even people like Sportsnet, TSN, those kind of people picking up on the
0: fact that he's playing. Mm. Yeah, these are the things that make the difference. Um, What else have we got? So the Raptors are raising their banner tonight, um, so it'll be a pretty hot night in Toronto. Um, Seattle apparently are down to just five names uh, for their uh, 2021-22 joining of the NHL gone in some weird time capsule type thing um, which will be unveiled in the future uh, what else did I have oh there was that cool story talking about numbers um, yeah this is this feels like it's a bit of a theme today um, Bobrovsky when he joined uh, the Flanthers as I call them Florida Panthers um, he loves to be number 72 but unfortunately one of uh, the teammates Frank Vetrano Uh, was already 72, so Bobrovsky kind of came to some kind of deal where Vetrano switched to number 77 so that Bobrovsky could keep his beloved 72 in exchange for a year of free meals, a Rolex, and then apparently a bottle of wine was thrown in for good measure. I mean, and it looks like Bobrovsky came true to his uh, agreement and made sure all of that happened this week. Although he was hoping that the free meals would basically be uh, McDonald's or Burger King. I mean, that's pretty mad. You get a Rolex for changing your number up by five numbers. That's not a bad that's deal, in- is it?
1: That that's interesting um, because I've seen it happen quite a lot in the NFL, actually. Um, like big name players, like players with like a lot of tenure under their belts, like go to a team and someone's already got their number, but they, they give it up. Usually it's in exchange for like a charitable donation, um, to like a foundation or a cause that they're particularly, um, connected to. So it's interesting to see what Vetrano wanted, um, in exchange for his number
0: yeah. I mean it also almost sounds like um oh, who was it? The other week we were talking about uh offer deals. Was it Nathan McKinnon? Oh god, somebody who had the most amazing um uh um offer sheet which include was from a floorball team. Um, oh yeah. Well, anyway, we, we, oh
1: wasn't that um rantanen?
0: rantanen yes it was yeah miko rantanen uh from the finnish floorball team um and we mentioned about all the details uh that included included like the the uh man with the daddy belly uh who was on offer to help at any stage but i mean i kind of like those weird little uh those little quirks but i mean yeah a Rolex and a bottle of wine and free meals. I would, I would change uh, for that. What would you have negotiated for foot massage? (laughs) He has to give me a foot massage after the end of every game. (laughs) That would be, that would be, uh, Uh, no goalie's ever ever going to say yes to that. What else have we got? Um, Trivia. Okay. So the trivia, I said the question at the start, uh, Can you name the 10 teams that have never won a Stanley Cup? Actually, not all of them have been to the final, but most of them have, but they just didn't win it. So almost a third of uh, NHL teams have never won a Stanley Cup, which actually blew my mind. I was surprised that it was so many. Um, Obviously, Montreal Canadiens have won the most Cups, But could you actually name those 10?
1: Poor, I could certainly give it a go myself.
0: Do you know what? I'll let you help each other out.
2: I think uh, sharks. I know they haven't.
0: Correct.
1: Arizona coyotes.
0: Ah, yes. I'm glad that you got that one. Thank you very much. Florida? Yes.
1: Ottawa senators.
0: Nope. They have won one
1: no they haven't the original ottawa senators are not the same franchise
0: oh god so you basically meant that i've made this whole podcast wrong
1: (laughs) no the um the ottawa senators that exist now have no affiliation to the original ottawa senators therefore have zero stanley cups
0: oh what because it's 1920 and 1921
1: and the fact that they didn't exist for like 70 years
0: Oh, God, well, I've, I've <laughs> ballsed up the whole of this podcast then.
1: But it's fine. There's just one extra. It's OK.
0: OK, right. Eleven. OK. Well, we'll continue because it might be go back down to ten at this rate. Who else?
1: Vegas. Easy one. Yes. Yeah, super easy, that one. Uh, Nashville Predators. Yes. Minnesota Wild. Yes. Buffalo Sabres.
0: Yes. Are you cheating now?
1: No, um, I'm just trying to
2: remember. Vancouver Canucks. Yes! I remember that from 2011.
0: Oh, yes, so so you bloody should as a Boston Bruins fan. (laughs) Never live it down.
1: How many many have we got so far?
0: Okay, well, there's two more to guess.
1: Two more, gosh. um...
0: Well, think of, like, one team that this year was the first time they actually even won a playoff round.
1: Oh, yeah, Columbus, obviously. Yes, Columbus never got past the first round until this year huh um trying to think of teams now um
0: okay they're on there are western oh, the jets. western Conference Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg jets. Winnipeg jets. yes oh. absolutely Winnipeg Jets both times you know when they kind of were the the coyotes and the jets or however you know. You work it out. Basically, they've just never, under the Winnipeg Jets, they've just never won. Um, and they don't have an airport. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the trivia that I did not include on this podcast, clearly. So, in fact, 11 teams have never won the Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, uh, of existing franchises, for sure.
0: So more than a third of the teams in NHL have not won the N- the, the Stanley Cup. I find that baffling
1: do this quiz again in about a year or two and we can add Seattle to that list.
0: Yeah, well, if we did it last year, we would have had St. Louis Blues on that list too. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, we've come to the time in the podcast where I ask you that ridiculous question, even though it's so such so early on in the season, of who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup final? Um, East and West Conference, um, a name... And then who you think's going to win overall? Where I mean, James, I think we've we've recap, we've said yours, haven't we? Did I ask you actually? I think I might have let you get out of it.
1: Uh, I think in the first I think week, you
0: I asked me the very first
1: week. Did I? I'm pretty sure I said Tampa for the East, and uh, who did I say for the West? I think maybe I said Colorado. Uh
0: huh.
1: I, I could see both of those teams reaching the finals this year
0: yeah. if
1: they actually step it up. Tampa's looked a bit bit strange this so far this season, um, but I I mean, I, I can't see them not winning the division again.
0: Okay, and winning the title as well?
1: Oh, they're so strange in the playoffs. Like, I mean, if Tampa gets to the, the Stanley Cup final they've got the best shot by far I would say
0: okay All but
1: I mean they've got to get there first
0: yeah that's fair play most people have said someone from the east I don't think anyone's actually said anyone from the west which is interesting um what about you Ross
2: um west I'll I would have said at the start of this year in Dallas um they've not started great but I'll stick with them yeah um and obviously, Bruins and Bruins to take it in the final.
0: Okay. that's. Uh... Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I said the Bruins as well in mine. So, what can I say? <laughs> um, and then the only other thing is just to mention the NHL fantasy, in that, by bizarre fluke, uh, for the second week in a row, I actually won the NHL fans from a far league.
2: Your points uh... are ridiculous as well.
0: My points are, I'm on points, yeah, I'm winning by points and also by wins. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest, Ross, I get up at 7am <laughs> just to make sure that I've sorted out my team for the following night. I know that you can do it automatic, but I like to invest in this process and really look around, and I'm looking at all your points as well, seeing how you're getting on. You've got some good players in yours, haven't you?
2: Not bad, not bad.
0: Can't remember who you've got who's in your goal. I was looking at that earlier today. That the weird things uh, that Binnington. I do in Im- yes. It's like that's that's an interesting one. But I don't know when our little match up is on our league so <laughs> I look forward to that. What's what's your team name?
2: That Bruins fan.
0: That Bruins fan. Okay. Well, you're you're currently against um uh Adam, aren't you? The Detroit Red Wings fan this week. So that's right, uh yeah. yeah, he's he wants to you know he clearly wants to impress and uh, beat everybody so good luck with that um predictions for tonight claire predict- Oh, goodness me by the time this podcast goes out the fate will be decided so i feel like it's pointless but i um i just unfortunately i think with a backup goalie in net um and you guys at home, Tuka Rask is is booting up for his 500th NHL game. We were tired, I think, from last night. We just basically end up going a full long slog. I can't see us winning. I, I think that you're gonna um, you're gonna have a real strong. I don't think it'll be a shutout. I think no, maybe no. four two. Okay. Um, if we score, it'll probably be earlier on, and then maybe we'll tire. I think that you'll dominate in the third period. How about you?
2: Um, I'll go 5 3. It always seems to be a high scoring affair. I don't think the back to back will help
1: you, to be fair.
0: No. How about you, James? What do you think?
1: Oh, if I'm honest, I mean, the Leafs have really struggled with backup goalies over the last couple of years. McElhinney was great, and then we let him go. I, I can see Boston absolutely hammering us tonight. Um,
0: and the other things as well that, you know, at the moment Toronto without the captain, John Tavares, who's got his poorly finger... Um, we 're looking at maybe Dermot and Hyman coming back at mm. the weekend, which is then going to change up the lines. It feels like every game we see different line changes. Mike Babcock is mixing this up even during the game last night. he changed the lines again. You know we started off with Marner and Matthews together, who never play together, and then literally Especially the inf- in the playoffs, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> Within five minutes, though, of the game last night, he changed the lines again. So it's almost like you have to pay attention if you're watching the Leafs these days, because you never know who's on and where they're playing, and whether that might change throughout the sixty minutes or however long the game is.
2: Yeah, it goes back to what you're saying at the start about watching the full games and that. You don't get these things in the highlights where there might be matchup battles and that, and they're changing the lines up on the fly because of the new face-off rule and whatnot it is uh it is interesting
0: yeah, cool, well it's been great talking hockey guys Um, may the best men win tonight that's yeah. all we can say and um, also Ross, you sent me the pictures of uh, the New Jersey Devils kids stuff, I'm going to share <laughs> that on our Twitter <laughs> so people could see, they look quite terrifying I've got to say, none of them have teeth, I will say that um, but teeth are quite, quite hard accurate. they're quite hard to draw I'd say um, but the, the one of Corey Schneider genuinely looks like it's a vampire um, that's all I would say he that, doesn't look well <laughs> he, he really doesn't does he?
1: <laughs> that was my favourite one as well.
0: I'll share <laughs> that anyway that could be our, like, our lasting thought on this podcast um, uh, do make sure if you're listening to this and you've got a fan story that you want to share with us if you're out going to watch games like Jeff Um, then you can share a little audio diary or an audio message with us Uh, we're nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com and uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, Wednesday with some more reviews and have a great week enjoy some hockey whatever happens along the way thanks